Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur looking to take your business skills to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Enterprise Now Show. Prepare to be inspired, motivated, and transformed. And now, your host, LZ Flinnard. Can I get it? Oh, yeah. What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to episode 139 of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we educate, motivate, inspire, and transform business owners and entrepreneurs into success. That is what we do. We help folks launch, grow, and maximize. How to use compassionate curiosity to find confidence in conflict with Kwame Christian. Kwame is the director of the American Negotiation Institute, where he conducts negotiation and conflict management workshops around the country. He is the author of the best-selling book, Nobody Will Play With Me. Kwame also hosts the top negotiation podcast in the world, Negotiate Anything. All right, let's dig in. All right, Kwame, can I get an oh yeah? Oh, yeah. Perfecto. First of all, sir, let me say thank you for taking the time out to talk with us. It is early Saturday morning uh, at the time of this uh, conversation, so I appreciate you taking the time out to share your experience and knowledge with the enterprisers. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. Uh, the second question I'd like to ask is for you to tell us about yourself. Now, Kwame, when I say tell us about this, about yourself, Feel free to go all the way back to the very first day it all started, or you can start more current day. Tell us about yourself. Cool. All right. So I'll start more current, and then I'll let you do the deep dive with your questions, and I'll follow your lead. <laughs> uh, so I'm a, I'm a business lawyer by trade, but my passion is, a, is in psychology and helping people overcome their fears as it comes to difficult conversations. So I studied psychology. That was my undergrad degree. And then I um, went through law school and got a master of public policy and uh, practiced law for a few years. But now I'm the director of the American Negotiation Institute. And I put on workshops around the country that uh, teach people how to negotiate and manage conflict more effectively. Got it. Now, are you uh, born and raised, born and raised in Columbus or did you land there for for school? Landed there for school. I, I grew up in a small town called, called Tippin, Ohio. Um, born in uh, New Jersey, spent, uh, I think, three good years there and then moved. Uh, my family's from the Caribbean, so I'm a first generation Caribbean Ohio, uh, American. Awesome. Tell us about that. How is that? Because a lot of times being being first generation comes with its own set of um, opportunities and challenges. So talk about that a little mm -hmm. bit. Yeah, it, it really added to my uh, my experience growing up. It, it played a pretty important role. Uh, so growing up in Tiffin, Ohio, it's a very small town in Ohio, not much diversity. So I was uh, in incredibly unique 
So there was uh, there weren't that many uh, black people in the city. And then I was on top of that very different because I had this strong Caribbean accent. Now I know how to turn it off and on when it, when necessary. But uh, it uh, being that different growing up um, taught me a few things about myself and human interaction. And I think overall it was beneficial because now I feel as though I can connect with almost anybody. Got it. So I, I'd like to dive a little bit deeper into that. So talk a little bit about, um, so we're talking about challenges and how sometimes challenges are actually um, evident. Uh, advantageous because they allow you to um, to have to adjust and adapt. Um, dig into that a little bit more. How has that skill set helped you get to where you are now? Yeah, it was actually the the inspiration for my book called Nobody Will Play With Me. So it's a book on negotiation and conflict management. But uh, my idea is that everybody has a psychological or emotional barrier that makes it hard for them to engage in difficult conversations. So I share my story. And I remember uh, very clearly this time in first grade when I was playing on the playground and I nobody would play with me. So I went to one group of friends, tried to talk to them. They said no. I went to another group of friends, tried to play with them. They said no. And then on to a third group, same thing happened. And um, I was devastated. And I just went into the to the to the school and just cried and cried and cried and um i made a decision that day that no matter what happens people are going to like me so i'm going to be that friend to everybody and be very popular so i went on a friendship offensive (laughs) really i just started trying to be as friendly as possible and so by the end of the the school uh, by the end of my time in grade school and high school i was the most popular kid in school so it seems like a success but it came with a price because it made me hesitant to engage in difficult conversations because I said, I've worked too hard to get these friends and I'm not going to do anything that would jeopardize those relationships. So in my adulthood, um, that's something that I had to overcome when it came to my ability to engage in difficult conversations. So I walk people through in my book, how they can overcome it and how I've overcome it. Um, So the goal with all of it is to help people to be their best selves and live their, their best lives. Got it. Fascinating. It's amazing how those moments in life can change the trajectory of our lives, right? Had you decided that day to clam up, to go into a shell and to be uh, become a victim and uh, who knows what you would have become? Exactly. Exactly. They're, they're these turning points. You know, you have these decisions that you can make. And I think in in my case, it was a pretty positive decision, um, but oftentimes behind everybody's greatest strength, uh, you see their greatest weakness. It hides it, and um, there's there was a cost to it. So it was a decent strategy, but I didn't recognize the, the cost that came along with it. But I think that demonstrates the importance of self-awareness, to be able to have that introspection and, and recognize where your performance gaps lie so you can make the necessary adjustments to to keep on moving forward and improving. That's a really good point. You talk about self-awareness. Dig into that a little bit more. How how important is being self-aware? It's critical. I think it's one of the most important things that um, we can do as we if we want to develop. Um, so one of the reasons why self-awareness can be so difficult 
is the fact that it's uncomfortable doing going through the act of introspection is it puts you in a vulnerable place because sometimes you're confronted with things about yourself that you don't really like and so the question is first of all are you going to be brave enough and courageous enough to take that step to do the introspection and then if you are are you going to be brave enough and courageous enough to actually do something about it um, and confront that part of yourself that you don't really like that much and then make those changes. So when it comes to development, moving forward, progressing personally or professionally, I think self-awareness is, is one of the, the most critical elements in your development. Yeah, I, I made the mistake of, of do, doing that exercise and I, I actually wrote it down and I got to the end of the long list and I'm like, OK, wow, we have a lot of work to do. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. But then it's it's exciting. It's a it's scary and exciting at the same time, because once you're willing to say to yourself, you know, I'm not that good. <laughs> I have places where I can improve. Mm-hmm. Um, then you can make those improvements. And it's exciting to, to kind of stop and ask yourself if I'm able to make these these improvements. What kind of man will I become? What kind of woman would I become? Who am I really? Who can I be? And if you're able to and willing to take those steps. It's going to be exciting because you discover things about yourself that you didn't know before and you can start to mold yourself in the person you want to be. Absolutely. So kind of feeding off of that, we're, we're talking about uh, being self-aware and, and kind of using that as a as a tool to overcome challenges. Um, give us a couple of hints on how you overcome challenges. Yeah, I think I am. I'm very competitive very competitive. And for me, I I think about it in almost like a game. So in business, I try to set goals for myself, see if I can reach it. Um, In in my personal life, I try to set goals for myself and see if I can reach it. I always want to try to move forward. And so every challenge that I face, I don't see it as uh, anything personal or something scary. I, I now see it as exciting because I want what's on the other side. And I think one of the most important things that I've had to learn, and this is a recent development, is appreciating the journey and, and the, 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 the process of development, because that's exciting. When you really sit down and think about it and think about the process of getting better, incrementally better every day, that in itself is exciting. If you only focus on the end goal, then you're, go- you're missing out on the beauty of the every day. So recognizing the enjoyment that comes along with the journey has actually made me better um, when it comes to reaching these goals and approaching challenges because it doesn't seem as daunting when you're enjoying it when you're enjoying the process you have a lot more energy to put forward to the process that my friend is what i call a golden nugget there are several (laughs) nuggets in there enjoy the beauty of the day appreciate the journey and the process always move forward thank you so much for those nuggets my pleasure. <laughs> so what if you had to give, uh, let's see, one or two, what would be those um, top two keys to success? First of all, clarity. You need to be, you need to have clarity. And so clarity in what? First of all, you have to have clarity in what your passion is and clarity in what you want to have out of life. And I think sometimes when it comes to the idea of clarity, we get a bit too rigid because we say, all right, I want this, that, and the other. So for instance, somebody might say, I want this specific car. I want this Porsche. I want this title. I want this job, that type of thing. 
But instead of focusing on specifically what it is in a concrete fashion that you want, you should ask yourself, what is the emotion or feeling that I'm going for? Because sometimes if you go for that concrete thing, that specific car, that specific title, um, that specific salary, you can get that and still feel ultimately unfulfilled. And that's a horrible place to be because you've dedicated years of your life into accomplish uh, to accomplishing this one thing and you get it and you don't feel that thing. And so I think a lot of people don't recognize that what they're going for isn't a specific thing. It's a specific feeling. And so once you recognize that feeling that you're going for, you backtrack from there. That's the first thing you need to do. Then the next thing you need to do is get out of your head and start executing. And so I'm, I'm a strategist at heart. I really love sitting down, creating strategies, whether it's a negotiation strategy, a conflict management strategy, a business strategy. I love playing chess, chess strategy. I love the analysis. That's really exciting for me. But I realize that for a lot of people who are very intellectual, the problem is they stay in the hypothetical too much and they don't experiment. When you think about the process of experimentation, it's not just sitting down, coming up with hypotheses. You need to test them. And in the real world, we test them by taking action. And so for me, with a lot of these decisions that I make, I am starting to get more biased towards action. So I set a specific time limit on strategy. And so if it might be strategy for the day, I'll set my timer for five minutes. I'm going to create the strategy for the day and then execute. That's it. Three minutes, five minutes, whatever it is, then execute. And if it's coming up with a business strategy for the next quarter, next six weeks or whatever it is, Okay, I'm going to come up with a strategy. And by the end of this day, I will have a concrete strategy for execution. And then after that, it's just executing. And the thing is, once you begin executing, you start to gather information that you could not otherwise access through simply strategizing and thinking through it. Because the, the best information lies in the real world and you don't get it if you don't execute. So that's why I start focusing heavily on execution. Wow, that is good stuff. Uh, one quote that came to mind when, we, when you're talking about clarity and what your uh, passion is and clarity is um, clarity around what your uh, what I what I interpret as your why. Uh, Barack Obama says something. Um, it was relatively recently that kind of uh, shifted something in, in my in my mind. And, and he said, focus on what you want to do, not on what you want to be. And I thought about that and I'm like, you know, you ever have one of those moments mm. where it, it makes sense. But then when he said when he said it, I'm like, wow, <laughs> OK, yeah, that's that's very, very true. He, he nailed it. So I think that's uh, it's very similar to, to what you're to what you're talking about is this. You know, I don't you don't want to grow up to be a police officer. You want to help people or you want to protect people. And so you you really want to focus on what you want to do and not what you want to be. Uh, so exactly. So as a exactly. as a segue, uh, which is Obama is probably mine, uh, but if you could meet anyone in the world, who would it be, and what would you say to them? <laughs> and uh, my answer, I guarantee nobody on your show has given this answer. All right, let's uh, the person that I want to meet is Kwame in ten years. Kwame at age forty, I want to talk to that guy. Because he knows more about me than anybody else in the world. So his advice that he can give me is going to be a lot more specialized. And so that's a lot more information. So I think about if I, at age 30 now, could go back and talk to Kwame at age 20, what would I tell him? And then what changes would I suggest that he make? 
and think about the if if that Kwame were to then execute on that strategy, how would my life be different? And so I would want to have that opportunity. Kwame, in 10 years, tell me what you see. Tell me what you would do. And then I'll do that. So what would you tell the 20-year-old Kwame? What I would tell him is to focus more on catching that feeling. Because Kwame at that age was very, very rigid in terms of what he wanted to achieve. And, um, and very uh, traditional in what he thought success was. And so now I have a better understanding, like I said, going for that feeling. That's what I would go for and focusing on that. And so, my, like I said, my background is in psychology. My, my degree is in psychology, but then I got two degrees in, in law and public policy. I would have gone a little bit deeper on the psychology because that's really where my interest lies um, and focused on that. And so I think I would have been a lot more um, in a better psychological state during the grind than, than I was because sometimes it was it was just completely unpleasant <laughs> going through it. And that's why I'm so why focusing on the journey is so important for me now because I realized I missed out on a lot of happiness and enjoyment uh, just because I was just strictly type A focused on the goal. Gotcha. So. I've always wondered what I would tell my future self or past self. And I don't know that I would, uh, it sounds like you're in the same boat. I don't know if I would give a lot of detail um, on specifically don't do this or specifically do that. Um, I I think I would more like you said, just give that perspective Uh, because I feel like as you grow older, uh, you get more fine tuned and deeper uh, in tune with perspective, what that means mm-hmm. and, and life in general, because obviously as you get older, you start to realize, Hey, this thing is going to come to an end one day. And I want to make sure that I'm giving everything I have because you only get to do it one time. Uh, so I think that's what I would tell my younger self is just to understand perspective. And, um, and as you alluded to enjoy the journey, uh, because it's been a fantastic one. Uh, lots of good, Lots of bad, but it's all made us who we are today. So um, very cool. Definitely. Yeah. And if I were to give one concrete thing, it would be to read more books um, because a big part of the journey is is learning and developing for yourself. And uh, over the past couple of years, I've been uh, reading a book per week and um, I, I judge how how good the book was by how stupid I think I used to be a week ago (laughs) (laughs) after I'm done. And so sometimes I finish the book and I I say to myself, how could I have lived without this knowledge? That's insane. This is incredible information. And I think about just how much I develop week to week because I'm listening to the world's greatest minds who put their best thoughts into book form. (laughs) And so if I can accelerate that and say, yes, Kwame, it's nice you're getting all these degrees, but you can be more proactive and involved in your learning experience by picking your content and reading more books. Um, that would be, that would have been huge because the learning becomes exponential. Got it. Got it. Now, so we've learned a lot about you. We learned that you have about 12 degrees. We've learned <laughs> <laughs> your first gen American. Uh, we learned a lot about your, um, your friendship offensive and how you came to be who you are. Uh, tell us about your business. What do you do? 
Yeah, so um, the business is called the American Negotiation Institute, and I put on workshops around the country uh, on negotiation and, and conflict management. And um, I'm going to start doing a few online courses as well. And so the, the goal is to continue to build the audience. Uh, I have a podcast called Negotiate Anything. It's the top-ranked negotiation podcast in the world. And so continuing to build that audience and then eventually getting to a point where I can scale the business and hire trainers to uh, train people using the curriculum that I've created. Awesome. Awesome. So as we kind of wrap up this fantastic conversation, we were talking before we uh, hit record here about how um, I'm flying into Columbus and we're sitting down having a, a cup of coffee. Uh, at this point, Starbucks is starting to tell us that we need to wrap to wrap things up and <laughs> either buy something or leave. Um, but if you <laughs> if you could give the enterprisers an actionable tip that would improve their business today, what would that be? I would say, simply put, read and edu educate yourself. That's it. And experiment. So it's learn and then experiment. Because a lot of times we get this, we get this knowledge and we're trying to, we're, we keep on acquiring all this knowledge. We might listen to podcasts, go to trainings, go to conferences, and we keep on acquiring and acquiring and acquiring this knowledge. But essentially we become hoarders. We're not doing anything with it. It just stays in our in our mind's basement gathering dust. And so as you acquire new information, it doesn't do anything if that information doesn't change you as a per person and change your business. And the only way it changes you is by taking action. Awesome. Awesome. So if people want to learn even more about you, what you do, um, or want to reach out to ask you uh, a question, how can they do that? Yeah. Best place to catch me is on LinkedIn. So every week I produce two or three videos, um, giving just a bunch of free content. Um, also the podcast negotiate anything as well. Um, but my goal is to teach the skill to as many people as possible. So connecting with me on LinkedIn will give you access to all of those those free videos and the uh, it'll let you know when the podcasts are up too. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, uh, Kwame, for sharing your experience and knowledge with the enterprisers. My pleasure. Thanks for the invite. Enterprisers, if you got value from that awesome conversation, let the world know by subscribing and leaving a review on your favorite podcast app. That helps us know that we're bringing you golden nugget filled conversations with the most inspirational business owners. Reach out to me directly at eflinart at enterprise-now.biz with any feedback or questions for me or any of my guests. Also, don't forget to check out the Enterprisers Elite Club for thought leaders that want to learn how to leverage podcasting to launch, grow, and maximize their business. Head on over to www.enterprise-now.biz slash enterprisers to learn more. Thanks again, folks, and we'll talk with you guys next week. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.